Somebody ought to bless God up in here. Oh, he's better than that. He's much better than that. Just this way, this morning he made a way. Just this morning he opened up a door. God is good. And all the time, praise the Lord, everybody. But I was trying to do what I needed to do. Now you all will forgive me. I left my glasses at home. I have reached a stage that I use glasses. Don't you giggle because you're using them too. Mike, I, I crossed the separation line. On the 6th of uh, this month, I hit 50. And Carl, I felt kind of bad about it for a minute. But then I began to think about all of the friends that I had that never lived to even see some of them their 20th birthday. And so all I could say is, thank you, Jesus. Good to see all of you. Let's go to work. Matthew chapter 16. Should you all pray for this preacher this morning? I'm going to try to see this. <laughs> Michelle, I might need you. Here's what the word says. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him at that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening hypocrites you know how to discern the face of the sky but you cannot discern the signs of the times he continues a wicked and adulterous generation Seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. And now, Father, this is your hour. Glorify your son, Jesus, I pray. Glorify. That men might see him and be drawn to his irresistible presence. Satisfy us with him today, Lord. And we will be careful to give your name the praise and the honor that it's due in Jesus' name. Amen. The Sadducees, the Pharisees. The Jewish officials had formed their opinion of Jesus. It was not based upon the scriptures. It was based upon how they felt about him. Isn't it strange how many religious practices are not scripture? It's based on how people feel about certain things. Sadducees and the Pharisees had read the word of God. They knew everything about Jesus, but he did not fit into their little frame. And so they were uncomfortable with Jesus because after all, he makes people excitable. He stirs up emotion in people. We are used to regulations, rules, and rituals, and 
fast days and feast days and you've got to bring a lamb on a certain day and confess your sins to the lamb and give it to the priest. There was nothing emotional about that. But when Christ came on the scene and begins to declare all power in heaven and in earth is given unto my hands. And then he says something. He says, come unto me. He, he makes it personal. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sadducees and the Pharisees had decided uh, that Jesus' very appearance brought a disruption to the things that usually flowed in a normal fashion. And that they didn't like change. And don't be too hard on them. We are creatures of habit. We don't like things to change. Christ had a tendency of working people up. <laughs> Killing people. People started shouting when they got healed. And they were upset because somebody was shouting because they got healed. On the Sabbath day, uh, he comes on the scene and he says it is honorable, it's good to do good on the Sabbath day. They would have preferred for the person to allow a limb to fall off than to allow them to be healed by Christ. They decided that, uh, that Christ was a disruption to the normal flow. The Bible says that the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came tempting and desired that he would, get this, show them a sign. Here is Christ who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I borrow a phrase from my late pastor Jack Morris? He was the potentate of heaven. He sat on the circle of the world. And the Bible says that no one could say to him, what doest thou? He, he was God in the flesh. And they said to him, prove your validity by showing us a sign. Bring yourself down to our level. Jesus, prove who you are. We know you ain't nothing in the first place. We know Joseph wasn't your real daddy. Show us what you got. They knew the truth. But they didn't want to accept it. It made them uneasy. The truth made them itch. The truth makes people uncomfortable. Because it does not fit down inside of the norm. Hey, glory to God. There's something about the truth. It's like nothing you've ever heard in your life. The Bible says the word of God gets down. Down, 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 down between the bone and the marrow. Somewhere between, usually in an argument, somewhere between your version and the other person's version is the truth lying down in the middle. They knew the truth. But they didn't want to accept it because it just didn't fit in. They read the Torah. Mm -mm. Here's Christ standing in their midst. They had been reading 
about the word. They had been hearing the word. They had been rehearsing the word in, in the minds and in the ears of people. But for the first time, the word was standing in their midst. The Bible says, help me, Holy Ghost, preach this thing. John chapter 1 verse 14. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten father. Full of grace and truth. Preacher, I can't keep the Sabbath. I'm not under the law anymore. I'm under grace and truth. John 1.14 says, when Christ came on the scene, he was filled with the glory of the Father and he was full of grace and truth. So if you're going to follow the Father, you've got to follow his Son who is full of grace. I wish I had some help in here this morning. I hear God saying, they that worship me must worship me in spirit oh but don't forget about the other part and in truth so the Peterson the, the Sadducees could not stand Jesus let me help you with something this morning Christ never left anyone on the fence Either you loved him or you hated him. There was no middle ground. Ha, ah, God help me this morning. And if you're sitting here this morning and you are straddling the fence. Pastor, I'm not moving. I'm not, I I'm just staying still. I'm not moving forward. I'm not moving backwards. I got a surprise for you. This world is so against the things of God. You don't have to move in the wrong direction. You can just stay still and the current of filth will push you in the wrong direction. There are no stragglers when it comes to Christ. Ha! Help me, Lord. They didn't like him. They couldn't stand him. And Mary, they were uncomfortable with him, but they could not deny that supernatural presence that attended the ministry of Christ. They could not deny, Sister Davis, that when Christ taught, it was like no other person. Luke chapter 4, here's, here's what Jesus said. Ah! Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord. Mm, I'm trying to help, help hold myself. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Ha, ha. Why'd you come? He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover the sight for the blind. What else did he come to do? He said he came to release the oppressed. Wait a minute, somebody. When Christ starts talking about releasing the oppressed and causing them to go free, he, he's referring now to something that we call the year of jubilee. It happened every five years. And in the fifth year, if you were a slave, you had to be set free. If your property, had, you had lost your property because you could no longer pay the debt. In the fifth year, uh, the year of Jubilee, then the property had to revert back to the original owner. But when Christ comes on the scene, he's not talking about property. He's talking about men and women who have been sold under the bondage of sin. Hey, Paul, come here, help me. Paul said, do you know? Do you understand that whatever or whoever you yield yourself to, you become its servant? You cannot serve the devil without becoming his slave. 
Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me. Help me. Help me now, Lord. Help me. You cannot serve the enemy without becoming a slave. Because the devil does not have friends. He only has victims. job is to understand what your legitimate desire is. He takes your legitimate desire and he twists it. Until it becomes something dirty. He understands your desire for companionship. Oh, God, help me this morning. He understands that you're lonely and you're all by yourself. And so he sends the wrong individual along. And while you're dating them, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. He's telling you, you need to leave this individual alone. You've got a godly mother or father who set you down and told you uh, this person is not for you this relationship is all wrong if you had a mama like I had she would say boy the Lord done showed me I said mama ain't nothing wrong with her she said you know what I'm going to do baby I'm going to pray for her I said oh God mama please don't pray She broke up more relationships on her knees because the Holy Ghost had showed her in a dream. Do you understand you don't know what you are facing? Do you understand that you don't know the next minute? Do you understand that the Holy Spirit who knows all things that God who can see the beginning from the end God knows what's going to happen 5, 10, 15 years down the road and the only thing that you can see is that your flesh is on fire now upon me oh God I'm going to go old school this morning where are the old fashioned saints who used to pray and who could get an answer oh I grew up here baby you can't fool me them old missionaries would get back in the room and they begin to call on God and let me tell you something you'd be afraid to knock on the door they would get on their knees and sin in the church would straighten up. They would get on their knees and cancer would dry up. They would get on their knees and lost men and women would come crying down. Where are the old fashioned saints who still believe in the power of God? Yeah. <laughs> For some of us, I think we have forgotten who God is. Have you forgotten who God is? God still has the power to turn any situation on his head. He said, call upon me. I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. Oh, here's what he said. If you would take your foot off of my Sabbath and call it the light, holy of the Lord, he said, I will bless you going out. I'll bless you coming in. Ah, what does the word say? The word said we have these things. Not because we are so worthy, but because he is worthy. Oh, the servant of the Lord says. Oh, she said that the angel took her in heaven 
to her room and she saw all of these blessings. She said these blessings were for the people of God. And, and she said, why? Why can't they have him? And the servant of the Lord said that the angel said to her, because they never asked. Do you want to see your children saved in the kingdom of God? Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Do you want to see financial brokes, sexual, sexual habits, sins broken off your back? Ask the Lord. Oh, we sing it, but we don't believe it hacks. The Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you, and he will carry you through. Ask the Lord. He's no sure than his word. Ask the Lord. He said, I'll show you something you've never seen before in your life. Ask the Lord. Stop depending on somebody else's prayers. You mean you've been in the church this long and you can't get a prayer through? You still waiting for somebody to encourage you? You still waiting for the pastor to pump you up? Oh, the pastor didn't do anything today. I didn't, I didn't get anything to tr- out of church this morning. What did you bring? Sabbath morning is a celebration of the relationship that you have with Christ all week long. And if you haven't talked to him all week long, please don't expect the skies to peel back because you walk up these steps. When's the last time you read your Sabbath school lesson? Oops. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now quickly, I got to move. The scribes wanted Jesus to show them a sign, Dwayne, because they did not have an experience with Christ. And when you don't have an experience with Christ, you look for tricks, signs, and wonders. This is how many people are going to be deceived in the last days. Because they're moving on signs, feelings, and wonders. We are told that in the last days, that spiritualism is going to come amongst Protestantism. And many who believe that it's the working and the moving of the Holy Ghost are going to be moved by Satan himself and will not be moved by Christ, but will feel that it's the moving of the Holy Ghost because they're hung up on feelings, signs, and wonders. Well, Pastor, why is this going to happen? The Bible says because they receive not the love of the truth. Oh, God, I can stop right there. Do you love the truth? The Bible says because they receive not the love of the truth, I will send, God said, I will send them a strong delusion that they might believe a lie. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to send them just what they want. If you're looking for an excuse to do what you know is wrong, you can always find an excuse to to do what's wrong. This thing is about to wrap up. 
have you heard that somebody's about to shut the government down under a moral issue? You better wake up. You better wake up. You better go back to reading those little red books. You better pull them out. You better dust them off. You better go back to reading the book. You better go back to reading the word of God. They wanted a sign because they did not have an experience with God. One thing, to have a theoretical knowledge of God. It's another thing to have an experience with him. It's one thing to, to read, I will pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. It's another thing to have your back between a rock and a hard place and the enemy whisper in your ear. You know, if you uh, took your tithe money and paid this bill, you would have exactly what you need to pull yourself out of the jam. Uh, but there's only one problem with that. Uh, the tide is not mine. The Bible says that the tide is holy. Oh God, I'm going to get in trouble this morning. That the tide is holy unto the Lord. And that just does not mean the 10%. He said bring the whole tide. Uh, that is inclusive of offering also. And you can only experience that. When you've between, been, been, been between the rock and a hard place, when you've done what the Lord asked you to do, and financially it looks like it's about to fall apart, and then all of a sudden, God mysteriously inserts his mighty hand and begins to work things out for your good. All of a sudden, a loan gets approved. All of a sudden, Somebody calls you back and says, we still have your application on file. And we just want to know if, if you're still interested in the position. We understand that you don't work on the Sabbath, so that won't be a real problem. Oh, let me tell you, when God hooks you up, you got the hook up, baby. To, to hear that God will carry and bear all your burdens it's another thing to carry the weight of something on your shoulders to the point that you feel like you are about to emotionally crack have you ever been there have you ever had something on you so heavy that you, you don't know which way to turn you're getting bad and you still cannot sleep to have it in the word of God ah God help me I'm trying to behave y'all I'm trying it's another thing to hear God speak to you in the midnight hour and say I've got everything in control it's one thing they read about it it's another thing to hear God's voice say oh be still and know that I am God oh God help me now another thing to be burdened down and begin to whisper out of your lips the promises of God he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty I was oh God help me this morning it's another thing to know that God will do what he says he will do question is are you still coming to church going through the motion or do you really have an experience with God <laughs> I love this church I was mentored here. 
end up here. Love this church. But I know one thing. This church building cannot save me. Having my name on the church roll and still living like hell is not going to save you. of the Lord is upon me sent me to set the captives free I got to move y'all Christ did what Israel failed to accomplish Israel was sent to tell the world about Jesus but she got caught up in herself she got caught up in who she thought she was. Some of us get caught up in who we think we are. Some of us think we're better than other people. You know, we got the truth. I'm not looking nowhere. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the cross. We, 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 we got the truth. And them other people, they are right, but, 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 but we got the truth. You ain't got nothing. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father unless he comes by me. And everything that this church teaches is rooted and grounded in Christ. And we don't own it. It belongs to all of God's people. Elder Rudd, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in trouble, Elder Rudd. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really mess up now. You know them first day people. Who in the world is that? Jesus said, other sheep have I that are not of this fold. Them too I must also bring. And there's going to be one fold and there's going to be one shepherd. Christ does not identify people in that way. Adventists do. You better understand that God loves people more than anything. Do you know why God's going to have to finish the work? Because he's going to have to move some of us out the way just like he had to move Israel out of the way. Lord, give us a sign. I got to move. I got to move. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign. Let's not be too hard on them. Because those of us who know what's right, we still looking for a sign. Think about it for a minute. With all that God has given us, with all of the prophetic teaching, 
that's been taught in this spot. With all of the tent meetings and revelation seminars that we have been a part of. We sit as it were on the shoulders of C.D. Brooks and H.L. Cleveland. Lloyd G. Rumming. I, I can call a roll. Walter Pearson got his start right here. With all that God has gifted and given to this church, should not we be further along spiritually? With all that we have been exposed to. With all of the readings of the spirit of prophecy that we love to quote. And when I grew up here, there were some folk who knew more of the red books than they knew of the black book. You used to come to church loaded down. She said, she said, she said, she, she said, she said, she said, she couldn't tell you 10 scriptures to save their life. Of all that God has given us, should we be fed? Perhaps because we don't have a relationship with Him, we're looking for a sign. Here's what I like about Jesus. The Lord will never remove from our relationship with him the component of faith. But he will always give us ample evidence that his word is true. Revelation chapter 6, 12 through 14. That's a good word. I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat's hair the moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to earth as the late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind the sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was moved from its place. History agrees with scripture. Can I cut, cut a little deeper this morning? Revelation 6, 12 says, I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. This is for somebody who, who needs a, a couple of signs. November the 1st, 1750, was noted as the most terrible earthquake ever recorded. Since the quake began in Lisbon, it is commonly known as the Lisbon earthquake. The quake extended to the greater part of Europe, Africa, and America. Uh, this quake, earthquake was felt in Greenland, the West Indies, and in Norway, Sweden, Great Britain, and in Ireland. Can I take my time this morning? At Lisbon, a sound of rumbling underground was heard. And immediately, a violent tremor tore down a great part of the city. In the course of 16 minutes, 6,000 people perished. The author continues, in Lisbon, mothers forgot their children. With their crosses in hand, they ran to the church for protection. In vain, they embraced the altars and the images of saints. People and priests were buried alive together. The historian says that day in Lisbon alone, 19,000 people lost their lives. Uh, Revelation said the first thing's going to happen was going to be a great 
earthquake. Lord, show us a sign. Revelation 6, 12, part B. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. Uh, this event is known as the dark day. Mm-hmm. It took, took place May the 19th, 1780. Here's a historical note taken from the book, Our First Century, page 89. R.M. Devon stated, an eyewitness living in Massachusetts describes the event as follows. The individual said, in the morning, the sun rose clear, but was soon overcast. The clouds became lowry, and from them black and ominous, as a strange and eerie light appeared. The thunder rolled. A little rain failed. Towards nine o'clock in the morning, the clouds became thinner and brassy and everything was changed by this strange and unearthly light. A few minutes later, a heavy black cloud spread the entire sky except a narrow rim at the horizon. This individual says, and it was dark. It's nine o'clock in the morning, but it was dark, as dark as it usually is at nine o'clock on a summer night. Schools were dismissed and children ran home crying. Bats flew about. People screamed in horror because the humans knew that night had not come. Lord, show us a sign. May 19th, I'm continuing on now. May 19th, same day, 1780. Here's the third sign I watched. Ah, Help me, Jesus. As he opened the sixth seal, great earthquake, sun turned black, sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red. Same day, 9 o'clock that night, the moon rose to full. It had not the least effect to dispel the death-like shadows. After midnight, the darkness appeared, and the moon, when first visible, had the appearance of blood. Massachusetts Historical Society Collections, page 97. Lord, show us a sign. Oh, Pat, well, you know, you know, there's signs all the time and there's been this earthquake and, and that earthquake. But understand that these things are happen, happening in succession. Just like in Daniel chapter 2, when God began to trouble Nebuchadnezzar in a dream and he dreams about this image. Each piece of metal represents a kingdom. Each kingdom is inferior to the other. And the kingdoms rose and fell just like God said they would. History agrees with the Bible. And just like God said the signs were going to come, they're coming one after the other. Can I cut deeper? Fourth sign. Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the stress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars fall from the sky and and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. History records the following event, November 13th, 1830. The stars fell from 2 a.m. in the morning until 6 The individual says, and it was so bright outside that a newspaper could be read as the stars fell for four hours straight. And men and women thought that this was it and Christ was about to make his appearance. Oh, but there's one more left, y'all. So what happens next in the prophetic chain of events? The next event that takes place is found in Revelation chapter 6 verse 14 through 16. And the heaven mm, departed as a scroll 
when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Then the kings of the earth and the princes and the generals and the rich and the mighty men and every slave and free man cried out, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne for the wrath of the lamb is come and who shall be able to stand? Who do you think that is? That's crying, fall on us. Do you think it's people who don't know the word? Mm -mm. It's individuals who know the word, but refuse to do what the Lord has asked them to do. If we know what is right and fail to hear me this morning, Glenn, if we know what is right and fail to do what is right, we will not stand guiltless before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, Pastor, you used to God. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Yes. That's justification. God justifies your work of a moment. Snap like that. Sanctification is the work of a lifetime. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. Through the process of sanctification, the Holy Spirit identifies who actually belongs to Christ. Because if you belong to Christ, your actions will be of such that you are following Christ. Uh, you cannot uh, be disobedient to Christ. You cannot read the word and live contrary to the word and be a child of Christ. Uh-huh. You are a devil's child. The sanctification process is the sifting process. Anybody can declare, oh, I belong to Christ. I gave the preacher my hand and I gave God my heart. If your life does not line up with the word of God, you have not given him your heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things pass away and behold, all things became, become new. That means that you can't be fornicating and shacking and playing house without a license. That means you can't be clubbing and snorting and drinking. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. The Bible says, behold, all things become new. God, oh God, help me. Mm. The Bible says that you don't put something new in something old. Come on, fellas. It's like hooping out there on the court. And not taking a shower. Just spraying cologne on. When that original scent comes out, it's going to almost kill you. This is what we want to do. We, we don't want to change. We, we just want to spray on something. Mm. I want to spray the title of Christian on me, but, but I don't want to change. Help. Jumping and shouting won't change you. Trust me, I've been around church and church folk a long time. I've seen folks shout, flip over pews, walk on the back of pews, fall out. They had to get smelling soft. 
I've seen people take off running down the church. They had to chase them down the street. Biggest whoremongers on two feet. They just went to church. I got to move. They went to church. So, Alan, they had information. And most of us have information. If the Adventist church gives you anything, it gives you information. But the Lord is not coming back for informed sinners. He's coming back for men and women who have been changed by the spirit of Christ. The question is, have you been changed by the spirit of the living God? I know some folk who are not Adventists who put us to shame by the way that they live. And some of us got the nerve to think we the only Christians. Bad, wrong answer. I had a friend of mine who who's not a member of this church talked to a member of our church because I managed his store but he knew if he didn't get there to pay me on time by Friday night I was out and he said he was behind the counter he said one of your members came in and bought some, 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 gospel, some gospel CDs and stuff on the Sabbath and he said Fred you know me now I ain't gonna miss no sale he said, so I went ahead and completed the transaction. And then I asked her, why are you buying on the Sabbath? He said, she said, uh, uh. he said, don't you go down to the church on Lee Road and Tarkin? No, I ain't going to tell y'all who it was. <laughs> Got to move. Signs. They wanted signs because they had no relationship with him. I got to move. John 3. 19 says, and this is the condemnation. This is it. That light has come. Light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. The Lord desires to do two things for us. Talking about truth now. The Lord wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. And he wants to sanctify us with the truth quickly how are we led into the truth we are led into the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. he says in John 16 13 how be it when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he, the Holy Spirit, will show you things to come. What is the Holy Spirit going to do? The Holy Spirit is going to lead us and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit was not sent to reveal signs to us. He was sent to reveal Christ to us. Revealing Christ is the key component of the Holy Spirit's ministry. Watch this. The Holy Spirit 
brings us to Christ who is able to keep us from falling. The Holy Spirit brings us to Christ who is able to change our sinful nature. When your mind is far away from God, uh, when you're not thinking about him at all. Oh, come on, somebody talk, help me this morning. Because you don't always feel like being deep. You don't always feel like being holy. You don't always feel like doing what's right. Come on, Peter Paul, sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like doing right. Sometimes you don't. When your mind is far away from God, when your flesh is on fire, when your mind is bent on getting revenge, then the Holy Spirit has to come in and talk to you. Then the Holy Spirit has to settle your temper down. Because you know your daddy had a bad temper. And your mama would go off in a minute. And you are hell bent on getting revenge. But the spirit of God brings you to Christ. Who is able to change our evil nature. Ah, this is why the Bible says uh, that, that the law was our schoolmaster. It brought us to Christ. It had no power to change us. It took us to the one who could change us. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Christ, Christ gives us the power to live above sin. Do you understand that we do not have the power to live above sin? You can, we can fool ourselves and trick ourselves and we can have a pretty good day, but somewhere around Tuesday or Wednesday night... Mm -hmm. The real us is going to come out. But here's what the whole, what Christ said. He said, I'm going to give you power to live victoriously on the Sabbath. I'm going to give you power when the sun goes down. I'm going to give you power to live like me on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, and on Friday. You will be champing at the bit. Can't wait to get back to the house of God on Sabbath morning. Because you know what I've done for you. I kept you all week long. Ah, help me, Lord. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. I got to quit, I got to quit. Watch this, watch this. Not only does Christ give us the power to live above sin. What Christ does is he covers us. With his robe of righteousness. Come here, Byron. Here's what the Lord does. Now, he's going to give me power to live above sin. And then, here's what he's going to do. He's going to present me to the Father. But wait a minute. If he's going to present me before the Father, he can present me as me. He's got to present me inside of his robe of righteousness. Hey, now this is sanctification. Oh, while I'm walking with him and he's talking with him, he's telling me what to do and he's instructing me and leading me and guiding me into all truth. Uh, then he says, I want to present you to somebody. Don't you know that God is so important? You just can't walk up in his court. You've got to be presented to him. And so Christ presents us to the Father. Uh, but before he does it, he said, wait a minute, hold on. Now let me get you together now. Now hold on, let me, yeah, let me get you together. Now I got to make sure that none of you is showing yeah, see, 
See, his robe of righteousness is going to be a little big on us. So then he takes us and turns us away from the world and points us in the direction of the Father. And when the curtain opens and we see the Father sitting on his throne, he doesn't see me standing there. The only person that he sees is Christ. No! Now, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him who is able to keep me even when I don't feel like being kept. Now unto him who is able to take my wicked mind and bend it and twist it back in the right direction. Now now unto him who's able to keep me from falling oh he can keep you he can keep you he can keep you yes he can keep you he can keep you with your mind stayed on him the world is trying to destroy your mind trying to sift your mind trying to end you up in destruction but the Lord said to us like he said to Peter the devil decides to sift you as wheat but I have prayed I prayed for you he said and when you have been converted see that's what's got to happen see we've been going to church but we ain't never been converted we heard the third angel's message but we've never been converted we can quote the 2300 days but we have not been converted now unto him who's able to keep you from falling Holy Ghost is going to bring you to Christ bring me Lord Bring me to Christ. Bring me to Christ. Because I got information. But information not going to change me. I've seen signs and wonders. But seeing signs and wonders are not going to, that's not going to change me. I need a power that's above all other power. Somebody play something for me. I'm going to quit. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Information doesn't change people. See? We try to gimmick people and, and information them. Give them text after text. Text after text. Text after text. Information. 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 Information does not change people. Christ does. Most people know that smoking will give you cancer. And they will read a pamphlet on cancer while they're smoking. Doctors know that smoking will give you cancer. They have performed surgery and removed diseased tissues and lungs. And some of them themselves sit in their office smoking. That's information. Most people know that it's wrong to lie and cheat. We know that we, we got the information. But we don't have any power to change. Can I close with this? I got this from the message. Romans 7, 14 to 15. Here's what he says. It says, I appreciate the response that's coming. He says, I know that all, all of God's commandments are spiritual. 
but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes. I'm full of myself. After all, I spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. Ever done something that you despise and still found yourself doing it? He continues on, but I need something more. For I know the law, but I still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. He continues on, I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it but I cannot do it. I decide to do good, but I really don't do it. I decide not to do bad, and then I do it anyway. Come on, Paul, my decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me, and it gets the better of me every 